And you guys have a shut off charger? Yeah, we're live. Oh. And this is the beauty of it. We do it just conversation, man. So we got uh, our guest here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, uh, I'll, I'll let you introduce the guest. Today's guest is Paco Sanchez. Mr. Paco Sanchez. Welcome, man. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for having me. So Paco is a former classmate of ours. Uh, did we? No. We no. didn't go to school at the same time with him, right? Okay, cool. I was wondering about that. So Paco was really smart, graduated number one in his, no, number two in his class. Oh, man. No, number one? Oh. Then, oh, I know who was the one that was pissed off. It was the other guy. <laughs> it was a guy? Well, two was a girl. Three was a guy. Who? Mention names oh, okay, later. No, <laughs> He's my friend. <laughs> my friend. You graduated in 04. 04. Yeah. That is correct. You graduated in 04? Mm-hmm. Wait, then we should have been in school yeah. when he was there. We were. You guys graduated we were. Oh, but okay. we're in the ninth grade campus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? No, he was a senior when we were sophomores. Yeah. What? Guys, we're with my sister. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I don't know if she was your sister. I don't blame you for not acknowledging guys, her. Guys, we were even in college together. I knew we were in college yeah. together, yeah. That, yeah, that, I that was funny. Did you guys see each other at, in Austin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We would see each other a good amount of times. Yeah, we hung out quite a bit. Every now and then. More than now. Well, yeah, now. Jobs and sessions and life. Yeah. I would um, split time between Austin and here for the last eight years, pretty much. Damn. Wow. Yeah. And uh, you just recently moved back. Yeah, um, moved back... Uh, permanently, I used to be the legislative director for Mondo Martinez, for one of the state reps. Uh, got to work in the Capitol, which is great, but now I'm back here working for a personal injury law firm. Wow. Hinojosa Law. And you're related to that uh, person, right? Yeah, he's my cousin. Oh, Richard Hinojosa. Cool. We went to law school together also and everything. How's that going? Is it? It's good. Very different. Um, That's a big change. It is a big change. There's just a, a ton of work and trying to remember stuff because I never, I didn't practice law. Um, so trying to remember all that stuff and deal with clients, which is a wholly different experience also. But So you're practicing law now? Uh, no, I'm not licensed. Um, I pretty much draft a lot of the documents, um, do the one-on-ones with clients. I work on the litigation you're side. You're doing all the important work. Yeah, the groundwork. Uh, that's, once the, that's the hard part. Yeah. A lot of research, right? Pretty much. It is. Reading uh, and studying. A lot of writing. Writing. Which is good, which I'm used to doing. Um, so I can type for you if you need anything typed. <laughs> I type really well. Yeah. But I'll so enjoy it. Very different. That's like a... Do paralegals do that also? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he has a way different background than what a paralegal would be able to... I mean, yeah, you can offer a lot more insight, right? Mm-hmm. Just from, like, you know, your education. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I've always wondered this. You guys don't look through books for cases, right? You have an no. There's like there's like LexisNexis, Westlaw. There's those kind of uh, legal databases that you can search through. Because on the TV shows, they're always looking through a book. Yeah, no. <laughs> you never see them on that's the computer. That's probably how they used to do it, right? Before, yeah, that is. Yeah, that's where you have all your your different books and reports. It's kind of like reporters. the medical field. No, they got to look through journals and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Medical journals, but it's online now to find it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's online. For the most part, I thought I remember speaking to Jeremy once, and he was, was telling me I looked through this old journal for some condition that he ran into while out, you know, being a doctor. I was like, "That's weird. You can't just pull it up." So, um, would you rather be doing what you're doing now, or like actually, uh, what, what's the word, the term, uh, take the case, actually being the one that talks? Oh, be the attorney on it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, practicing law was never something that really attracted me. 
I really enjoy working in the legislature, getting to write laws and read statutes, things like that. I get to get I got to get lost in the in the legal research and the writing, and you get to deal a lot more with constituents and people back home. And I was really happy with what I got to do there mm -hmm. for back here. So what what drew you away, if you don't mind me asking? Is Mondo still? Oh, my, still... He and I he and I are great. He's still there. He's up for re-election, unopposed. Ando con Mando. <laughs> which, by the way, is this is his what term? It'll be his... He's been there for a while. Yeah, he was elected in 04, to, to started in 05. Oh, wow. So about 15 years, it'll be wow. his... Eighth, ninth session, something so, like that. But that's pretty common for people that run in the Valley, right? They usually run for quite a long time. Yes. Yeah. They'll finish like in their 60s, 70s, probably. Mm -hmm. and like, Why is that? And then somebody else comes back, comes in. Yeah. Well, I think a lot in the in the valley, especially, you have to be really, really. This is the more not pessimistic view of it or cynical, but you have to be very tied into your community to get elected down. Yeah, there. which he was, right? Yeah, which he was, and he still is. Yeah. and that's been our main focus. Is always was always uh, constituent services. What 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 falls under that constituent service? Like um, listening to them when they come into the office. Yeah, but especially on the state side, if they run into any issues with the state agency, oh. state issue, mm -hmm. um, the. I always consider my job like the grease in the wheels, um, just kind of help people out on, on different things. If they're applying for Medicaid, we had a lot of, you know, things where people would get denied or they wouldn't turn in the paperwork on time, and so we kind of help them with their, their application, um, help with processing it, because if not, I mean, they're left yeah. without health coverage and services. I worked with you for a little bit. Yes, he did, yeah. I forgot like, about you that. you remember that? Yes, yeah. I remember now yeah. when you say that. It was... Uh, 2012 I just got back from yeah. Columbia and I was probably You're not doing Columbia. anything for like a couple weeks and then he reached out said hey man I need some I need I need some extra help and uh, I jumped right at it I was all over it because I I had made it up in my mind that I was gonna go back into the oil field and uh, I yeah. sat at I sat at the office for like what two months maybe yeah what do you do two, now two or three months for me yeah <laughs> what I do <laughs> I'm back in the oil field <laughs> <laughs> just messing there's up. something attractive about working in the oil field honestly and it has a lot to do with like using your hands just every day is different um, it's not the fanciest of jobs but it, it, it keeps this country running keeps the lights on as well yeah and it pays the bills so exactly but yeah so we work together yep and it was uh, really cool I had like a real brief insight into day in the life of a working for the state sweet what did you do did you do anything meaningful meaningful uh on some on some le some levels yeah i'd say so i mean going back to the whole constituency discussion i took phone calls i mean that's all you do at the office really when you're at the desk is you listen to people complain yeah I think wow. I remember, voice their complaints. I think I remember you telling me of hearing about some of those calls. There's Donna. some, yeah, there's some really good phone calls, man. <laughs> like people have some legitimate issues that they're facing, like Paco was saying, and then there's some that are just calling just to blow you up and take your time, wow. which is which is fine too. I mean, they pay taxes. That's what they're. That's what we're there for is to listen to every little bit that they got to say, even yeah. though sometimes you might not want to listen to everything. <laughs> And you'd be surprised how knowledgeable some of the some of the constituents are. I think the yes. I think there's a really bad stigma that people are uneducated and, and they don't know what they're talking about. But they do, man. They they have 
legitimate concerns and things that they want to see changed, and so they'll call and, and voice their concerns. So. Specifically here for the Valley? Is yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a big stigma. I think on, on some ends, it is true in some, as I've seen it. I worked sort of in a small political sector for a business lobby with the oh, Federation yeah. of Independent Business, so I too would hear from the small business side yeah. the complaints and the venting, and sometimes I've I had... I've had people cry in front of me whenever I would mention a certain, like a law that was getting repealed or something that was gone away and it meant a lot to them because it meant they could pass their business to their kids without having to worry about, lo and behold, taxes, mm-hmm. uh, especially the estate tax and the death tax and all that. So, yeah, man, people know, a lot of people do know their stuff in the Valley. Some people don't at all. I, also, I ran into that too. <laughs> course, so, yeah. I mean, so people don't. They don't like the death tax or whatever the estate tax. Well, no, that's a, that's one big thing. Well, it's been so. It's right now. It's been, from what I understand, taken away. Uh, in the meantime, I don't know if it can ever come back. But uh, the current administration did away with the estate tax, uh, really? the death tax. Yes. I don't agree with that, but okay. <laughs> I mean, the biggest thing was some like farmers were losing their farms and businesses were just they couldn't pay it, and so they were lose everything people would shuffle money into what, trust funds I think mm-hmm. to try and save it I mean it's crazy so I think I cut you off a little soon but uh, mm-hmm. could you go back to where you were saying about why you wanted to come back and start working under your the law firm that you're with now oh yeah well it gives me a chance to kind of really take a more direct um, approach to stuff um, I have been very interested in local governments it's at whichever level um very much so. I am going to run for the board this time in Donna. Oh. So I'll just, yeah, I'll say that there. Yeah, uh, yeah the election's many, up in general November. How many seats are open? There's going to be four seats. Four seats. Four okay. seats, yeah. Um, so I'm coming back to do that. But yeah, no, um, I think Donna is really on the verge of doing something really big, but there needs to be some, I think, people that take some actual serious thoughts and, and provide some good leadership and guidance on issues. Do you have like a primary policy that you have, like that you intend to run on? Well, there are a bunch of different stuff that I that I do really want to look at, look into. But my biggest one that I have off the top of my head was issues with food insecurity um, down here in the district. Uh, what is it? Like 2017, 23 percent of kids in Texas were food insecure, which meant either their food schedule was disrupted or they didn't really have consistent meals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like one in four kids in Texas, but here in yeah, in, I was just thinking, yeah, shoot, that's a lot. Here of in Hidalgo County, uh, it's like twenty eight percent, almost thirty, and then in Willisie and Star, it's about thirty four percent. So it's one in three kids, yeah, which well, I think shouldn't exist today or in nineteen seventy in this country, which is yeah. just ridiculous. The thing is, that in two thousand and ten, it was something like forty percent at the uh-huh. high range here in the, in the valley. So there's been a lot of work on that. Um, but I think dealing with that, making sure that we provide adequate uh, summer feeding and after-school feeding programs is really important. So um, that's meals they would take home? Mm-hmm. They would eat outside of school? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, they have that home. program right now where they eat in the summer. Yeah. Yes. They have it here. Right? Yeah. Where they can go to the school and go get fed? Mm-hmm. No, the school has to qualify for that. Each district has to qualify for that summer thing. For the summer programs, I mean, they, everybody pretty much will have those, but it's you get state well, federal funding through the state um, based on population, poverty, uh, income levels, and stuff like that. Interesting. Those are state dollars, pretty much, right? 
Well, no, it's well, it's state dissemination of federal funds. Okay. So, TDA, okay. Department of Agriculture, is the like the person that has the grant programs and, and sends that money out when they have those. So you want to do like a continuation of that or expand that? or uh, Kind of expand it. So the district did have like, a, I forget what it's called, an observer or something like that to oversee the board based on past administrations. Um, uh, yeah, they had that conservator that's yes, here. They, Some ladies yeah. here. Mm -hmm. She's been here for a while. Yep. Um, and so to kind of get onto the financial side, they cut a lot of programs. And so they've rolled back the, uh, the summer feeding sites. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, there's been also some impacts on bilingual ed. Uh, so I think there's really important issues that we've addressed um, and try and get some more, get our local control back of the board. That's really important, man. It is. I've heard through rumors that a lot of the current uh, board members are, they feel a bit, they won't admit it openly, but I've heard through different people that they feel not intimidated, but very cautious about what they say or what they do is they feel like they're being watched, right? And what power locally do board members have to say, we got things under control, you can leave now type of thing to the state? I mean, isn't there some still local control that we have? And don't we have some power to tell the state, you know, we've got things under control, we'll call you when we need you type thing? Or, is, yeah. or does it not work like that? Like, who decides basically, like, you can go back to the 512 type thing? Uh, it's pretty, I think it's going to be a, a state decision at this point. I can't remember what the, act, the actual procedure is. I'm not sure if it's up to the education commissioner or not um, to call them back. I'm, I just don't know off the top of my head. It sounds like almost it would be something that, uh, that the constituents here in Donna could voice their concern to someone like Mondo and say, hey, can you look into this for us? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, definitely. I think anything where the community wants to have a say out there, that's what they need to do. Yeah. Are you talking about seeing exactly how much pool the state has in a local school district or how much power they have to yeah, say we're still going to be here obviously there's a lot of interest that the state has in being here and that's making sure that this school district doesn't become inept and completely defunct and inoperable because at the end of the day those are state dollars yep. and they want to make sure that the money is being spent accordingly but at the same time if the board members are you know walking on eggshells 24 7 and trying to do their job you know there's got to be a good balance and at some point there's got to be an exit strategy. Yeah. I don't think there's an exit strategy in place. Because it, it's been at least a year now, I think. A year and a half, almost. I'm not too sure, but... You know, they came down for good reasons. Yeah, and I was about to say that. I mean, there's a reason that that they're here. But I think there's people that are concerned, too. They want to know what the exit strategy is. That's true. And they should know. There should be some sort of strategy. I mean, we're paying for this. Yeah. So, that'd be interesting. When you guys say they're here, who's here? The state. There's, there's somebody yeah. that's being paid, like TEA, TEA, yeah. mm -hmm. and they where they stay at, like they live here. I don't know where they're living or what they're doing, but besides DISD, there's other school districts that this person visits, oh. and they're billing. I want to say either the state or the school district. I don't know how that works, but they get paid a, an hourly rate for the hours they put in to look through paperwork to approve expenditure to do whatever that they're oh. called to do they literally go and sit and look at stuff and how things are operating the day-to-day so -day type stuff they have the final say on stuff then like I expenditures that, that's i don't know if they, they do can have the final say. i forget which level this one is but there are there are like certain levels of it where they actually take over 
a district like which happened in Progreso, yeah, crap. which is kind of happening right now in Houston, ISD. Um, really, Houston? Yeah, it's one of the big things that they're kind of taking wow. taking it over. Uh, so they kind of install a new board, a new superintendent. I I don't remember if they're putting a new superintendent or not, or if she's in the running for it. But yeah, they have a lot of power ones. too. Like they can they can close a school district. Yeah, close. Yeah. Like the, the state will stop funding and say you're closed. They close schools. It almost they, happened to Premont also. They get rid of the whole board, right? Mm -hmm. And then they put in their own people and say we're taking over type thing. Mm -hmm. How much? How much do you think? The board influences how a school run is run. Like, do they have a? They set the budget. They, I mean, we can say that superintendents in charge of the board does really have that leverage and things over that. Yeah, there's an org chart. If you look at the organizational chart, mm -hmm. all the principals and all the like higher admi administration, the directors report to the superintendent. But above the superintendent is the people is the is the people that are elected by the citizens, mm -hmm. and so. The board has the ultimate say on who's hired, who's fired. Don't what? the citizens have the ultimate power over that board, though, too, mm -hmm. as well? Election. I mean, that's why they're elected, right? Yeah. Election, recall. Maybe. Yeah, and then, you, I mean, as a citizen, you, we should be going to the board yeah, meetings. Yeah, we should, yeah. If you're living open sessions. In, a, yeah. in your city, you should be going to those meetings. And some of those, I'm not saying here, but there's a lot of stories about uh, other boards quieting their... Uh, the people who do want to speak up at school board meetings going behind closed doors which is i mean i'm not going to say it's typical in the valley but you hear about it a lot more here the past is, recently right and the recently i want to say was it far or psja or somebody uh was uh any questions that wanted to be brought up to the board had to be taken to a back room first they would hear the question and decide if they would bring it up in the public <laughs> But that's no longer the case because there was a. They did require that people who want to speak in public meeting have to have the, the opening at the front for like three minutes or so. Mm -hmm. It was a new law passed this last session. Man, I, I want to say those. That, did that board know that at the time? Didn't that happen after? <laughs> so I don't know which board it was or things like that. But no, no, those violations. Um, it only kicks in in September. That's and that, and in, that's right? where the stigma jumps in of, do you all know what you're doing down there? And it's just like, man, we don't really paint a nice picture when we... What do you think is like... What are the things, like, I guess, the things that you can do to automatically improve the school district? Like, what do you think needs to be done, like, right away? Let's say you got elected to the school board. The first what thing. would you think needs to be would uh, would need to be done? I just think there needs to be stability, stabilization of you know their administration, um, and I think work on morale with a lot of teachers and things like that. Yeah, okay, that's big. Football. Wait, wait. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> we'll get. Let me just read you just this one thing. So I have a friend who's a teacher, and this is what she told me. I asked her, "What's uh?" What is the biggest issues you're facing right now mm -hmm. as a middle school teacher? <clears throat> and this person, this teacher, said the biggest issue for me is there's only two social studies teachers. We used to have three, but the district decided we're overstaffed, so they cut down to two. As a result, our class sizes are huge. We don't have a lot of support from administrators in terms of handling discipline. This year's the worst. Our SPED number is at 34 students. I've never had so many SPED students on top of huge classes, rough year to say the least. If there's anything in there I said that shouldn't be out there, we can edit it, but that's what she said. No. no Why don't I mean, they have enough money? Like, what, 
So part of that conservator coming in or observer, I forget which one it is, is that there was overspending and things like that. So they had to rein in some of their budget and issues. Yeah. Like that. And that's what those cuts kind of come down to. Wow. I wonder yeah. what they cut. Like, you, I wonder what they thought was overspending. If you go to the DISD website, you can see the change. It went from... It's based on a student population uh, level. And each each subject is supposed to have a certain number of teachers per student. Teacher-student ratio? She, yeah. So what she's talking about is the school district decided, or the conservator decided, that, hey, you have too many teachers for this subject based on your population. So they had to shuffle teachers around. And it's actually a really tricky process because the deans of instruction have to look at what, what uh, they have staffed and what they're certified for. So you can't just say, okay, we're going to move these teachers around, we're going to staff them like this, like this, like this, and then all of a sudden you have a hole in your staff because they're, that teacher is not certified to teach that subject. So you have to kind of consider, um, and that's why a lot of teachers that have like dual certifications are extremely valuable because they can go and teach physics and then go teach chemistry and then go and teach math or an English teacher can go and teach, you know, something else. I mean, it's, you pay them for that. it's a really tricky process. I mean, it's not... It's not clear, cut, and dry. Like, okay, let's go hire another teacher. No, you got to look at your budget, what you're staffed for, if you have anybody that can go and fill that position that's working for the school district. It's a really tricky process. So, and the whole SPED thing, too, is a completely different... It's a, it's a headache, man. It really is. The way that, In my opinion, this is just my opinion, the way the system is set up, I think it's really difficult for, one, the administration to be successful. Yeah. Two, it's really difficult for teachers to be successful. And three, it's really difficult to be for the students to be successful. I think it just rolls downhill all the way to the students. Because time, I mean, the teachers get very little time with these kids to actually instruct. And the bell's always ringing. People are always, you know, hey, can you send me this student? Hey, can you do this for me? Hey, I need you to turn this document in. Hey, your lesson plans. Hey, this. Hey, that. And it's all accountability up the chain of command. Everybody has to have something turned in. It's it's crazy, and I don't even think the population is going to be going down anytime soon, especially on the north side of Donna. That was all empty fields. Oh yeah, and then now it's just Colonia, Colonia, Colonia neighborhood. Everybody's yeah. there. That's where they're going. Yeah, where do they all go to? They go to the north side. Yeah, just constantly going to be getting smaller. Build more portables. <laughs> we talked about this last. We week. talked about the portables. Yeah. <laughs> Quick. Fixes. Now we can talk about this next thing. My next thing. You were what you brought up just a while ago. What was it? The football. Oh, it's a hot topic. Um, a it hot is. Topic. How like if you have a winning football program, they don't care what's going on in the school. They it's overlook. a lot easier to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially in Texas. I wonder if there's like if you look at the timeline of Donna, ISD, and from the teams in the 90s if there was like after the team started losing if there was a a drop in quality of education at the same time <laughs> that'd be interesting as we switch to focus that's, on a, that's a good uh, hypothesis to test if you can see and if it, I mean if I mean if there's a positive correlation there's a whole mud, a whole another reason why it's to, in the past it's impossible to test it so why even bring it up <laughs> 
It's wow. a joke I have against. We have against them. Well, you can test that. Take TEA data on scores and then just match it up yeah. with the school. The, the, I'm just messing with you. Man. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about school data, bro. <laughs> you can't yes. test to Texas when leaves the United States. Yeah. Then where's room for creativity after that? <laughs> where's the risk? <laughs> Anyways, so Paco, I don't know if you know this, but I taught for one year. Oh yeah, Has I remember that. It to you? Yeah, I think Dude, I Danny might have one year. And for the listeners, so oil, the listeners, politics, yeah. teaching, oil. <laughs> Well-rounded and uh, modern Renaissance man. <laughs> for the listeners that uh, that don't know, I did. I taught math for one year. Not one full school year, just like <laughs> half of one school year and half of another school year. And uh, we can get into why later in a, in a different episode. But um, I will say that it was really interesting, man. It was it was crazy to be back in the school system, and we we went to school together, and it was back in the early two thousands. Yeah. And to be honest with you, a lot has changed in terms of like regulations yep. and what teachers have to do. And it was mind blowing for me to be witness firsthand. So if I had any recommendation to you uh-huh. as a future member of the board is to focus on building morale within the city and within the school district. Because if I'm not mistaken, the school district is the largest employer here in the city. Pretty much every district in the city and in yeah. the state of Texas. Yeah. So if your school district has high morale, then you can almost certainly guarantee that your city has also high morale. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the focus at the school board level is to figure out, okay, how do our employees and how do our students wake up each morning and how do they uh, approach each day with a positive attitude? And to be honest with you, the mornings that I've had, I'm not speaking illy of any of the teachers or any of the admin, but man, it really is like, Gosh dang, like another day of this, you know? I taught at PSJA for one for, You were a teacher too! For I one day. <laughs> I was a teacher for one day at PSJA I Southwest. I forgot about that. Okay, give us the... I told, stu- once I got in the class, I told students this is going to be a hard class, you know? I'm not going to be a cakewalk, you know? And all of a sudden, five students just got up and walked out. Like that, I'm like... Yeah, I'm not coming back tomorrow. <laughs> and did you? No. <laughs> and that was the day his life I left. Just wow. I left. I still had the key to the room. I saw like so. I went in the morning, dropped it off, and took off. And and I, I'm not gonna lie. There were some days where you woke up. And you're like, you know, you're ready to tackle the day. And there's a lot of great teachers, a lot of great admin, a lot of great students, a lot of really good things going on. Um, and there's a lot of positive stories out there, and I think it's really important to highlight and magnify those stories and really build up the morale. A lot of it's through sports, a lot of it is through extracurricular activities, and it's just being visible and being open. Yeah. You know, so that's that's my recommendation to you, and take it if you want to take it. If not, and you know, <laughs> you're a smart man. You can. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, how can you say don't improve morale? But I mean, that is a thing. I mean, especially both all of us who went outside of the valley for school. You know. You get the little cringe when you tell people where you're from sometimes. What? Yeah. <laughs> but I think there's there's always good stories coming out of the Valley. I mean, we have federal judges who are here from Donna. Yeah. Uh, we have people that, um, that have been listed like, as top attorneys across the country. Um, Here's something. Patent law. We have a world-class musician from Donna High School. Not me. Um, 
the, I believe, the principal bassoonist or assistant principal for the Cleveland Orchestra and the Milwaukee Orchestra is a Donna High School grad. Wow. Uh, his name was uh, David, no, Martin Garcia. He graduated in the mid-90s. He was the one student in the United States that got accepted into the Curtis Institute of Music for Donna. They only accept one per year. Wow. And, uh... Not from Donna. <laughs> they only accept one per year... In the entire in the United States. US. For that, and, for, he, and he's from Donna. And he's from Donna. So I always... Excellent. That's always one thing that I always... You know, I see the buses with, you know, the judges and stuff. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, if only Donna knew that there's a guy out there who gets paid six figures because he's so good at his instrument. And, uh... He's a he's he's a name of the music. There's good world. things going on. Yeah. There's always been good stuff going on. Well, did you check the news about those kids, those middle school kids from Donna North? Not Donna North, on that side of town, I think. Veterans. Uh, yeah, I think it was a veterans. Veterans. Prosthetic yeah. hand. Yeah, made a prosthetic hand for another kid. See, that, see that's world news worthy. Yeah. Man. Now, uh, here's the thing. That that is awesome too because I used to be a band director, and I know that student. I don't know oh, him no. personally, but I remember oh. he was a, a, one of one of my one of my staff's students, and. Uh, my boss's student but he was at the school he was my staff um yeah that student good student worked hard played an instrument and now with that prosthetic hand it's going to change everything uh Dude, that's especially really for his cool. instrument it's great wasn't there a time like for like three years in a row somebody got the gates millennium scholarship in Donna or something like that i want to say yeah yeah annie I remember Annie uh-huh. got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ada? Somebody in our class got it. I think somebody in our class did get it. Ada? Irene got it. Yeah, Ada Reese. Did, did uh, Steven get it? No. Uh, Deanne got one. Deanne got it, the Gates. I thought... Uh, Those are pretty competitive, too. Yeah. There's also Dell yeah. Scholars. Probably the Dell Scholar. I saw the application and it was too thick. I was like, nah. <laughs> that was a bad thing. I And you know what? I'm going to be honest. Me, too. I remember I saw it and I was like, I'm not doing that. I think I... I, think I muscled out the courage to try but uh obviously yeah if i would have known if i would if i would known back then if i was like 48 percent native american i would have done it i would have put it on there if that technology existed yeah. right everybody would have been swamped yeah. there <laughs> that's what i am huh? you and a presidential candidate yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. man. Dude, so I wish you all the luck, man. I, when I heard through different individuals that you were considering, it's like, that's what we need. We need, you know, strong acumen, very, uh, you know, just wise. I, I think highly of you, and I think you'd be a great candidate, man. I, I really hope, wish the best. Thank you. I appreciate it. I see it, it definitely be, it being a breath of fresh air from what has been happening here. Yeah. So that begs the, the question. The ones on there are... Right now, are they all bad? I don't know. That's no. not saying anything bad about anybody. It's Absolutely just saying not. that, you know, that there's, uh, I think, a lot of value that somebody that, that's been to uh, to Austin, that's been a part of the legislature, somebody that knows oh, yeah. a lot of the groundwork uh, that goes into passing legislation and uh, working with constituents, um, you know, to work in the school board. I mean, a lot of our school board members are really great people, past educators, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, veterans. I mean, there's really good people out there. Past, you know, lawyers, things like that. There's people doctors. in the medical field. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you do need that sort of scope on your board uh, to really highlight different areas, different fields, different mm-hmm. interests, different topics. Yeah, because it all is going to have to play a part in the school district. Yeah, I don't know what the demographics are currently, but I want to say that the last time the school board had anybody under the age of 35. 
was when somebody that I think you graduated with ran. Uh, he was a year younger. Okay, so yes, and I think that was the last time, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, Dang. mostly everybody's I think older than forty. Yes. Right. So yeah. that's not knocking any of the oh, forty no, and, no, no. And, and up. I mean, but I think it's nice to have that millennial that's ageism. That's ages, bro. <laughs> sure. I mean, call it what you want. <laughs> so, so let, let me ask: What sets you apart from from the person that's or from anybody else that's going to run for your position? Because you're running for one position. Yes. Right. I mean, even if you're running teams, you're still running for that one position. Yeah. What sets you apart? What What makes you any different from anybody else? Why Why should I vote for you? Why shouldn't Why? <laughs> well, I think I, I do have a strong background educationally. Uh, my parents both worked here for the district for over forty years. Just Just thereabout. Um, they start off as teachers, administration. So I know what it's like to grow up in a district where people play politics with everything and you're scared. One year you have a good position, the next year you don't. I don't want to play politics. I want to come here and actually be an active board that can make and, make and leave an impact here in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really what, that's something we've missed for a while and that we really need. Um, not just, I mean, for our kids that we have up here that really have a shot to go out and do something really special but if we keep failing them like we are you know I just I just don't want to accept that amen to that man yeah I'll, I'll drink to that thank you you know what I think it is you think what is why we have a hard time increasing the value of education here or like we were mentioning a while ago all the the ex, uh, people that excelled here in Donna, mm-hmm. they all left. A lot of them have. Yeah. It's yeah. a brain drain. I guess there's nothing here in the valley to look forward to. It's grown a lot, so I think it's now. Grown a lot, but I think like, now it's it's not like different. not when we were there. San Antonio is not like oh, yeah. Houston, yeah. Dallas. Everybody was dying to leave this monocultureistic area and go to and the, the melting pot have, of the bigger cities yeah. we're like equivalent in size like the Rio Grande Valley to San Antonio population it's about 1.3 million the people metro, but yeah the metropolitan area that's not yeah. true San Antonio compared to the valley population wise yeah, we're a, about 1.3 million I think yeah. San Antonio is measurable uh, Four point something, aren't they? I don't know. No, no. Houston's at like Houston's at three point something. I know the valley's at one point. San Antonio is a little bit less than that, but I mean it's it's over. It's over huge. a million. Yeah. There's some people who even take Reynosa into the metropolitan area. Yeah. If you if you factor in the Mexican side, it's about three point one million people <laughs> in the valley, and that's based off the old census numbers. We're expecting that we'll be one point two, maybe. I'm sorry, uh, one point five ish, one point seven. That's a lot of people. Yeah. If so we can get the countdown. That's what I'm saying. Like, we need to keep people here. Mm-hmm. Like, I left. Danny we all left. left. Everybody yeah. left. Uh, we all the left. majority of the top of our class left. Yeah. Because there was no... I saw there was, like, nothing here for me. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm... That's what I... That's why I wanted to come back. Mm-hmm. To try to see if I can do something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know, one thing I noticed between all the other big cities is they have the big they have a big tech industry mm-hmm. and the valley doesn't so I just keep asking myself like why not the valley also well, I think the med school has potential to be that med tech area like San Antonio has with with their with their military base mm-hmm. um, and some of their big hospitals I mean that's a big anchor for anchor for people and then if you look at SpaceX coming in on, oh, the, yeah. on the Brownsville side yeah that that's is huge huge I applied for a SpaceX job what happened there I don't know I tweeted <laughs> 
I tweeted Elon Musk <laughs> to hook me up with a job. Tell him you're from the area. Yeah. Tell him, come on, cut. Hook it up. I like uh, live 10, 10 minutes from the uh, launch site or something like that. Really? That's something I'd like to do anyway. We all need to go like, we just need to go watch. Yeah. I mean, we'll rocket launch. Even if it's the hopper, man. The hopper looks cool yeah. on just the videos. And people, people in other cities, like in Florida, they, they tailgate those things. Yeah, and yeah. they say they say it like shakes and it's like cool I want to go see that it's yeah. right there in Brownsville no we're definitely they, the Brownsville area is definitely planning for space tourism and, and watching just launches in general space tours yeah that'll be awesome Edinburgh's growing there's already plans for what that, I mean I know it's been in there for a while the Monte Cristo area to expand into almost what the quarry is in San Antonio yeah oh really yeah it's almost identical in the plans I saw mm-hmm. so I was like oh, it looks just like it yeah Far McAllen's growing. The island, you can't forget the island. Yeah, well, the island's, yeah, the island's huge. I mean, tourism there is humongous. Even the mission, the foreign trade zone, Black and Decker, I think, has yeah. a warehouse or a headquarters. Oh, there's there. some uh, in giant, mission, giant factory. Uh, yeah, in, in manufacturing companies. Yeah, yeah. Like GE's here. Yeah, Samsung has McAllen, one here. McAllen yeah. has a free trade zone, don't they? Yeah, yeah the foreign, the one on the military highway. Yeah, and there's, they're trying to build it out into a valley-wide kind of free trade zone with a bunch to, of people man. coming in there. To. We that think about it, cool. all of our international bridges are all tied in together. And we've been trying to work along the military road to expand that into kind of like a Hidalgo, part of a Hidalgo County loop. Um, but yeah, tying in all of our bridges. And actually, we'd have a truck route here through State Highway 68 in Donna, which would kind of filter all the truck commercial truck traffic through there. Take all those giant trucks off of our city roads, cut down on uh, yeah. local all the highway. brakes. Yeah. And that, um... I can a see. lot of those initiatives are, are uh, how can I say this? A lot of those initiatives are heavily influenced by federal decision makers. Yeah. And I've spoken to some of the individuals that are, you know, kind of spearheading those efforts. And all the feedback that I've gotten, I know they can't share a lot of information, obviously, but a lot of the feedback that I've gotten is that there's a lot of red tape, a lot of. Uh, there's only so much we can do and a lot of it comes from the federal side in dc and the federal side in mexico mm-hmm. and so i think there's a lot of pushback too when it comes to those types of uh, projects from the mexico side yeah and so i mean it's it all sounds really promising but i'm not skeptical but i'm i'm also just thinking about okay well what what are we doing to try to make the right influence and make the right decisions when it comes to the other side of the border I mean that reminds I know, me. did, did you have any experience with that with with, with uh, your time in well, Austin yeah I mean uh, Representative Martinez was on the transportation committee for he's been on there forever he's been vice chair three times um, so we dealt with a lot of that so he's the one who got funding for State Highway 68 uh, like 115 million um, for wow. that uh, we're just getting part of the IBTC no uh Gosh, in far area along their bridges, that's one of the most active bridges in the country. Sixty yeah. percent of all fresh produce passes through there. They're the the number wow. one importer of, of avocados. Sorry, number two avocados. importer of electronic components. Jeez, um, there's a lot of electronic warehouses up on that train. Yeah, a ton. A big, big name brands. Yeah, huge. And so we do. We, I mean, we have the traffic there right now. And then on the Mexican side, with them building up the Durango Mazatlan superhighway. That filters a lot of uh, a lot of traffic here directly to the valley. Oh, wow. So they're still in, they're getting a lot of traffic from Nogales and the Californian uh, borders. Wow. Um, 
Ow. That reminds me of the what you told me about the rail. Oh yeah. I think that would be a great idea. Yeah. From Brownsville all the way to yeah, I guess mission or something. That was my that was my baby. I worked on that for three sessions. No, maybe no, four sessions, yeah. I was handed my first session in the eighty third. I worked eighty third, eighty fourth, eighty fifth and eighty sixth sessions as staff. And I interned for one in the 79th. Um, but yeah, it would be a regional transit authority like DART or Cat Metro in Austin, which would uh, run from, it would encompass uh, Cameron Hidalgo, Willacy counties, um, and it would oversee kind of pedestrian traffic, um, and hopefully leading into rail. That would be nice, because yeah. the valley so spread out. It is. That would help to connect with, can you imagine? Yeah. And then it ties into our modern bus systems, in any like pedestrian traffic, it's uh, your rail is the spine, and then your um, your bus routes and everything they, they head out from there. Yeah. I'm looking at the time. Should we take an intermission and uh, just kind of uh, decompress for a second, and then uh, come back? We can come back. Absolutely. So, and we're back. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> great conversation with Baco. Yeah. yeah. And I really like that. I like that we can go from the some of the really. I guess nonchalant, dumb ways we can talk sometimes to we can be serious as well. And one of the serious things is definitely our community. Local politics. And politics. I think it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. So let's transition to the Super Bowl. Transition. Are you guys are you guys uh <laughs> having people over watching the game? I'm going to my parents. I'll probably You're watch, watch it. Your probably watch it with family too. Who are you going for? Just want a good game, man. Me too. Same I, thing. Cowboys. I'm, Cowboys are always in the Super Bowl every year. Patrick yeah. Mahomes is a Cowboy fan, so we're in it again. I have no dog in the fight. Romo. I just want to see a good game. Romo gonna call it? Maybe. Romo. So we're in the so Cowboys. I have no idea. Cool. Is he? I don't know. Is yeah. it on? It's on CBS though, isn't it? If it's no. CBS, Romo will call it. Yeah. Or is it on Fox? I don't know where it's on. Anyways, it's one of ABC or CBS. I think probably CBS. If I had, if I was forced to choose one team, I would choose the Chiefs, uh, because first Mahomes is from Texas. Was it Whitewater, Texas? And because as a Cowboys fan, I absolutely hate the 49ers. <laughs> Me too. I hate the Okay, 49ers. let's go around the table. Uh, what's the final outcome and what's the score? Go ahead, Javi. Chiefs win 34-28. Chiefs 24-17. I'm going to go uh, 49ers 35. The Chiefs... 17. Okay. What are the keys to the game? <laughs> In the words of Booger McFarlane, the team that scores the most points is absolutely going to win this game. And so that's the goal. To score I mean, more you, points. Can, you can say maybe the 49ers do have the edge because they have the stronger running game and they can just take time off the clock and keep the ball away from them. They also have the stronger defense. Mahomes. I think they're going to contain Mahomes. They're going to they're contain him. Is the 49ers defense good? Yes. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're one really of the like, higher-rated Their pass rush or, like, their secondary or both? I think both. They're pretty strong. you have Nick Boza up on the pass rush, and oh, then yeah, you have, like, Sherman have. up on the secondary, man. I'm going you have a couple of DBs 35-17, 49ers win. I kind of want to say the 49ers will play. I can't. No, I was a Cowboys fan, though. So I think it's a regional score. Does 49ers play anybody with a good quarterback, like a strong? The Seahawks, the Ravens. And they were multiple The Packers. It, it, it all came down to, what, six inches from the 49ers being the number one seed to being the fifth seed? Mm-hmm. That is crazy. <laughs> That's how competitive. It's a game was. of inches, dude. They literally went from not hosting any home games to having all their games at home. Yeah. And the bye week. 
<laughs> Where's the game? It's in Miami, right? Yeah. yeah. So weather really won't be a factor? Unless it's raining. I mean, it's Florida, man. Nah. It shouldn't be. It's in a... It's not in a dome, right? It's a, No, it's open. It's open? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Comes down to kicks. Are you guys excited for the halftime show? Who's in the halftime? Is Shakira? J-Lo. Oh. J-Lo and Shakira. Shakira, Shakira. Oh, no, no. Good boys. Anyways, uh, who do you guys want to have in a future episode? Are you guys thinking about anybody to, ha- to bring on the show? Adam? Adam is still we like gotta get Adam. Adam. We, we gotta try to get Adam in the next one. Uh, He'd be a logical episode. We still need to have our one of our main people here, Julian. But you know, yeah, David, that's a good coronavirus. He's in, he's in town today. Interview right? is he? He's in San Antonio. He's in San Antonio. Yeah. Spreading that shit over there. So <laughs> <laughs> cornflakes start sneezing. <laughs> I was like, no. All right. Um, any final thoughts besides the Super Bowl? Um, I was excited for the elections. Elections? The, the Iowa the stuff. Iowa, that'll be interesting. And then I guess apparently the impeachment's wrapping up this week. Yeah, that's Apparently acquitted by... That's a waste of time. Money. Look, I mean, to remove him from office, you need two-thirds of the vote. I you know. gotta have 67 people vote to say, yeah, let's remove him from office. That is not gonna happen. Yang Yang was all happy about that. He, about didn't, have to, he didn't have to be there, though. So he was there. Oh, because all the other ones had to be there. there the, Although I saw Amy Klobuchar moving to the third place in some of the polls. Klobuchar. I think it's uh, Sanders, Warren, Klobuchar. I know Yang won the youth poll in Iowa. Like Bernie did? Something like that. That'll be interesting. Uh, when's the... When do they announce who won the Iowa caucus? Is it uh, Monday? Monday? Do they? It'll be over it, on, I think it starts Monday. It'll be over Monday. I don't know if it all happens that night, but I think if it does, it's Monday. That'll be interesting. That should be the Iowa caucus. Things get interesting now. Well, if the coronavirus doesn't hit it to the valley, we'll see you guys uh, next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.